uh, you let all of our summer staff, there's a lot of folks who step up during our summertime to help make sure that uh, everything gets done. And uh, if you think it's not a big deal, I want to encourage you to volunteer next year, okay? And you'll find out just how big of a deal it is. A lot of sleepless nights. A lot of people take their vacation. They're, they're one week of vacation a year, maybe two weeks of vacation a year to be there at junior camp or and or senior camp. And that's a lot of work. A lot of energy goes into those long days and long nights and sleepless nights. And you be sure to let them know how much you appreciate that. Encourage our young people. Uh, I told a lot of them on Thursday night, we got ready to leave teen camp. I said, it's easy to make that decision here. I said, but now you have to go live it on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And you pray for them that they'll be able to maintain uh, those decisions. Let's take our Bibles tonight, turn to the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. Just remain seated tonight if you don't mind. Once again, thank you for all of our VBS help as well. Looking forward to begin planning next year early on. And uh, speaking of camp, I talked to my dad this afternoon. They have their final camp of the year. It's the, what they call their man camp, an all-boys camp. And dad is looking for some man can camp help, all right? That means he needs some men help, whether you can stay at night or not. He's needing someone to come down there and help. They get a lot of help but need a little bit more because their numbers have uh, blossomed to more than they thought it would be this year. And so if you can help out with that, let me know, let my dad know, but they're looking for some man camp help and they'll have a good time this week. Second Corinthians chapter six, let's look at verse one. And I have a two-pointer for you tonight. How about that? Two-pointer. Brother Micah says that doesn't mean anything. Uh, but it's still two-pointers all the same. So maybe it'll give you a little bit of a hope. And I just want to encourage you a little bit before we dismiss tonight. Go back and have some ice cream. Excited about that. 2 Corinthians 6.1, the Bible says, We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Uh, verse 2, we know this one well. It's part of our theme this year. For he, sa hath, he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We've preached on that one a few times this year. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses in stripes, in, prison, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by longsuffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying, behold, we live." As chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. Let's ask the Lord for help tonight. Father, thank you for the great, Lord, videos we're able to see, and thank you for the great fruit. And I pray that, Lord, it would be fruit that would remain in the lives of our young people, all those, Father, who took part. I pray you bless them. Bless as we look forward to, Lord, moving into another part of our years. We end our summer. And I just ask, Father, you'd help us tonight through your words, speak to us through it, help us respond in a way pleasing to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I was praying about the message tonight, and uh, the burden is very simple. I want to encourage you, 
as we do kind of close out our summer season and head into a new season, don't get too excited. I don't believe it's fall yet, okay? Uh, I did find some pumpkin spice coffee the other day that encouraged me just a little bit that maybe it's right around the corner, but uh, we're still kind of in that heat of the summer. But as far as seasons go, we're about to close that out, and I'm kind of thankful for that. I told you early on that as a youth pastor, I learned to hate the summer because my young people would always get out of their routine. And it was like trying to reherd chickens, getting them back into spiritual routines and their walk with God's and uh, with God and their daily disciplines, uh, getting back after the summertime. But I've learned as a pastor that's not something just reserved for teenagers. That at the end of summertime, after we've been on vacation and our hours are a little bit different, uh, that it's important that we get back into uh, the routine of walking with God again and get refreshed into what God's called us to do, uh, not just in the summer, but every day of our life. Uh, And I don't know about you, but I work best off of lists. I tell my wife all the time, you just give me a list. Uh, she left out of town. I asked her things that uh, she'd like done or needed done while I was gone, and uh, she sent me a list. Now, with cell phones, not only can they send you a list, they can send you pictures, and so there's no excuse to get it wrong. So pray for me that I will get all of the things on the list done right before she gets back. But as we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul is giving basically what boils down to a refresher here to the church at Corinth. And it is a list for them, some reminders for them about the focus and what they should be about. Uh, I don't know about you, but I need reminding. Uh, I need refocusing at times, particularly after a busy season of life, a busy summertime. It's important that we get back on track and refocus. I mentioned, I think, the first week in July, uh, we rolled over the halfway point of 2022. We are halfway through our theme of now this year. And it's important that we take some time to refocus and to be reminded of what God truly has left us here to do. And so tonight, I'm going to show you just two things momentarily, hopefully momentarily, and chapter number six to help refresh our focus. That's the message tonight, refreshing our focus. And we're going to look at Paul and what he's reminding the church at Corinth that they need to be about. So let's just jump right in here if we could. Look down, you'll look at verse one. The Bible says, we then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Skip down to verse three. The Bible says, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. Then verse four, watch what it says. But in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience and afflictions and necessities in distresses. There's two words I want you to see in verse three and verse four. Verse three mentions the word ministry. And in in verse four, it's the word ministers. Now, the first thing he's reminding them of, it's something very basic, but oftentimes, if you're not careful, you'll overlook it. Number one, he's reminding them of ministry. If there's something we should always be reminded of is that we as the people of God are here for the purpose of ministry. You say, well, I, unlike some of the young people in our video, I've not surrendered to ministry. Can I tell you tonight, if you're a born-again child of God, you have a ministry. God has given us the great ministry of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's why he's left us here. But oftentimes, after busy seasons of life, uh, we get all crazy with things going on, and we're out of our routines, and we forget the purpose that God left us here is those two words. Verse 3, it's the word ministry. Verse 4, it's the word minister. Now, can I tell you something I've learned about myself? 
Oftentimes, I find myself getting the scales tipped a little bit, getting caught up in the mechanisms of the church, and they are outweighing the ministry of the church. You ever been there? Sometimes we talk about our ministry. We, you know, I have a ministry on Sunday morning or you have a ministry on Sunday night. Maybe you work in the tech department or in the nursery department. Uh, Maybe you work in the Jolly Keens and we have those ministries and there's work that's involved in those ministries. A lot of preparation is involved in those ministries. Uh, Just ask Brother Matthews on the young people's department. A lot of work has to go into that. Ask Brother Bryce and Brother Bo about the music ministry. A lot of work goes into that. And if we're not careful though, Our focus will get off on the mechanisms of the church, all the while we ignore the ministries of the church. And Paul's reminding the church at Corinth, he says, don't forget about this thing of ministry. Now, here's what I want you to see. Notice the concern in verse 3 and verse 4. The concern, he says, giving no offense that the ministry be not, what, blamed. And then he says in verse 4, approving ourselves as the ministers of God. Now, I want you to see something. You're going to have to read between the lines, but I don't think it's going to be hard for us to see tonight. So he says, be careful not to give offense. So that means we are, should be concerned about offending someone, correct? We offend someone, okay? I'm not worried about offending the walls. I'm not worried about offending the floor. I'm not worried about offending my car. The, the, the people, are, people are what takes offense, And then we keep reading in verse 4, the Bible says, approving ourselves. Well, who are we approving ourselves to? We are approving ourselves to people. Do you know what Paul is showing them? He's reminding them about ministry, and ministry is about people. If you're not careful, we get caught up, and our focus becomes on the mechanisms of the church, and we lose sight of the ministry of the church. And I'll never forget, one of the bedrock cornerstones uh, of my upbringing in a family uh, that was in the ministry was to never forget that ministry is about people. Folks, let us never get so sidetracked in the mechanisms of Central Baptist Church that we forget about the focus and the ministry of Central Baptist Church, which is people. That's what Paul's telling them. Don't forget, we are in the ministry in verse 4 that we are ministers of God. Now, it's easy to say, well, I serve in this ministry and I serve in that ministry. And oftentimes, it revolves around Sundays and Wednesdays, doesn't it? But the truth of the matter, if we'll be reminded that people are our ministry every day, every hour, every minute, every moment, we're in the ministry. When you're at work, you're in the ministry. Uh, When you're at the gas station, you're in the ministry. When you're sitting there at McDonald's, you're in the ministry. By the way, not just when you pray for your chicken nuggets, all right? You're in the ministry. Why? Because we are here to minister to people. And ministry is about people. And there's people everywhere. Therefore, I'm always should be reminded that I'm in the ministry. We don't need to lose track that ministry is about people. John 3, 16. What is the focal point of that verse? For God so loved the world. You know what the world is? He's not talking about the earth. You say, well, 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 God was a tree hugger. No, he wasn't. He's talking about people. For God so loved the world. What was the focal point of what God was doing and giving his only begotten son? The focal point was the ministry of people. That's why he sent Christ. Read John 3, 16. Read John 3, 17. How many times does it say the world? For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. 
You see, the focal point of it, the focus that we need to be reminded of is ministries about people. We're always around people. And as we go into the second part of this year, let's not forget, and all of the mechanisms of things we have to do, and tasks we have to accomplish, and, and boxes we have to check, and I's we have to dot, and T's that we have to cross, that we're here to be about ministry, and ministries about people. What does the Bible say in the book of Matthew chapter 9? The Bible says that he saw the multitudes. And he was moved with compassion because the Bible says they were a sheep not having a shepherd. What was he motivated to move in compassion for? The multitudes. It was people. Christ never lost sight of the focus that he was there for the people. And boy, may we never forget either that that's why we're here. We're here for the people. You know, every once in a while we'll have, I say every once in a while, quite often, uh, we, we're right here on Highway 49. We'll have people walk up to our doors and uh, they need food or help with their electric bill or something. And uh, most of the time we're unable to accommodate everybody uh, that wants to come up. So don't come up tomorrow, okay? Uh, it doesn't work for members, all right? It doesn't work that way. It's not part of your membership package here. Uh, we'll have folks come up and, and sometimes they're hard to deal with. Ms. Fam, I'm going to brag on you just for a second. I'm amazed at how often I will come out of my office or walk around down the hallway and Miss Pam will be standing there on one side of the glass and talking to a stranger on the other side of the glass and they've come to ask for help with their power bill or they've come to ask for help or something like that and uh, everybody has a hard time sometimes, don't they? Yet Miss Pam's sharing the gospel with them. One, I'm, I'm sure several to the Lord, but at least planted a seed of the gospel in their heart. Never lose sight of the ministry, ministry's people. And sometimes folks will come ring that doorbell and they're asking for this and they're asking for that. And you're like, good night. I'm trying to study my Bible. I'm trying to make sure that this is done or this is organized or this is prepared. All of those mechanisms of the church. And sometimes God just sends people right up to our door. That's the ministry of the church. Ministry is people. Uh, This is not just witnessing with the gospel. I want you to notice something, if you will. It says, giving no offense. I don't know that I've ever pointed this out before, but when you look at this, verse 3 says, giving no offense. So that's telling you what not to do, correct? Give no offense. And then in verse number 4, he's telling us how we can prove that is something to do. Do you know you can minister to people through what you don't do and what you also do? You see, ministering to people with the gospel is not just giving them a gospel track. You can also minister to people through your testimony. He says, giving no offense. That means there's some things we should not do, all right? Some things we should not be a part of. Why? Because I am ministering to people. People are everywhere. And there's some things I don't need to do because if I do that, I'm going to give offense to them. That means cause to stumble. Anytime you see the word offense in the Bible, it means giving cause to stumble, that by my actions, I have caused them to stumble. So I'm ministering to people in what I don't do. Be careful. Do you know you can minister to people in what you don't say? I told my Sunday school class this morning, I'm not one that just goes around sharing my opinion all the time. I have one. You want to know? Come ask me. Be glad to share you. We'll sit back in my office. I'll brew a cup of coffee for each of us, and I'll share my opinion with you on everything. But I'm not just one that goes around sharing my opinion all the time, uh, believe it or not. (laughs) You don't believe me, but I'm not. 
Man, I know some folks, they just can't wait to tell you their opinion on everything. And sometimes their mouth gets them in trouble. You know, be careful. You may be ministering to people in the wrong way by what you're doing. When the Bible says, hey, there's some things you don't need to do. Give no offense. That means, hey, hold yourself back sometimes. But then verse 4 says there's some things you should be doing. Make sure that, hey, as we're out amongst people, because what? People are our ministry. Paul is talking about people. He says, hey, be careful how you live. Do you know tonight that how you live your life affects how you minister to people? Is that not what he's saying? Verse four, be careful. He says, hey, give no offense and then approve ourselves as the ministers of God. He's talking about how we live our life. And some of us are not doing very good approving ourselves as the ministers of God. We're not doing very good ministering to people because of how we live our life. Your life is speaking just as loud as that gospel track is you're giving them. As a matter of fact, your life may be undermining that gospel track you're giving them. Be careful what you do and what you don't do because people are our ministry and people are everywhere. Verse number four says, the ministers of God. What is a minister? A minister is a representative that acts on behalf of someone and acts in best interest of someone. If you remember that, every day you go out, Every moment you draw a breath, everything you do, you're doing it on behalf of the one you're ministering for. You know, our government, we have uh, the ministers of these different departments and uh, things, the you know, defense minister and things along that line. They're serving in that capacity on behalf of the one they represent, which is supposed to be the United States government. It doesn't always work that way in government, uh, but it should in ministry. That we never forget, I am a minister. I represent God And I am supposed to speak on his behalf. Why? Because I am ministering to people. You think about it this way, and I'll give you the second point. Every day, I'm on official business. It's not just Sunday. Man, you get up, boy, you got you a new tie, got your new suit, man, you got a new dress, ladies, and new hairdo, whatever it is, you know. And uh, man, you get it all, all ready to go. You're on official business Sunday morning. No, you're on official business on Monday morning, too. You're an official business on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Why? Because you're always a minister of God, and you're always on the mission field because our ministry's people, and you're always around people that we're called to. Therefore, I'm always on official business, official ministry business. So therefore, be careful what I do and what I don't do because I am a representative of God. So number one, what is he reminding them of? He's reminding them of ministry. Look at the last part of verse four. I wanna show you something I don't know that I've ever seen before, before I was outlining the the thought for tonight. He's about to give them some specifics, all right, on how they can approve themselves as the ministers of God. The second thing he's reminding them, watch if you will in verse four, verse five, verse six, verse seven, verse eight, he's showing them the different opportunities they're going to have to minister, and that's number two. I think as we close out our summer, go into the second half of the year, let's be reminded of our ministry, our ministry's people. That's why God called us here. That's who we're called to. But then if you're mindful of ministry, you're going to be mindful of the opportunities. Now, here's what I want you to see. In verse number four, it starts closing out with this phrase, in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses. And you count them up, I believe there's about 11 ends that are there. Here's what's interesting. All of those words that follow the ends are things people wouldn't normally sign up for. Let's look at them. In much patience. We've all learned not to pray for that. 
in afflictions, nope, don't want any of that, in necessities, nope, don't like that, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings. These are things you don't normally want to be in. But watch, what are we talking about? Opportunity. Paul says, be careful, be mindful of your ministry. Remember, we are in ministry, and ministry is about people, and there's opportunity in areas, I-N-N, that maybe you don't think about. Here's what we think. I dare say this tonight. A majority of Christians, born-again believers on this planet, believe that the majority of their ministry opportunities are in here, in here, in this building. This is my opportunity in here, in that class, in that ministry, uh, in that bus, you know, in that group. But Paul says, hey, there's opportunities in areas that maybe you're not even thinking about. And we read the list and we're like, yeah, not signing up for that. Here's what I found in every one of those ends. These are things that have to be endured. These are all things that have to be endured. Here's what he's telling them. He's reminding them of opportunity. And there's opportunity in endurance. There's opportunity in endurance. See, what do you mean by that? When you look down at these verses about impatience and afflictions and necessities and distresses, do you know you can minister and be a witness in those areas more so than you can in this room? There's great opportunity there. That when you're in distress, there's an opportunity to approve yourself as the minister of God. Why? Because that's when it counts. When you're in distress and you're in necessities, and when you're in, uh, in stripes and imprisonments, hey, that's when you can improve it. Approve that you're the ministers of God. There's opportunity in those areas. Hey, just ask Daniel. Daniel saw the lion's den. I don't know if he looked at it as an opportunity, but God used the distress of the lion's den as an opportunity for Daniel to do what? To minister. He said, hey, there's an opportunity of ministry in there. And oh, most of us look into that lion's den and we're like, nope. Don't want no part of that. I mentioned it this morning. The reason most of us are not going to be ready, a ready vessel to be used of God, is we run from the fire. We run from distresses. We run from necessity. We run from those things. And look, I'll be honest with you, I don't like them either. But sometimes the path of the will of God is going to lead you through distress. Sometimes it's going to lead you through necessities. Sometimes it's going to lead you through persecutions. And when you get in there, when you get in that persecution, you remember this tonight. There's an opportunity there. Just ask Joseph. That whole, that whole uh, scenario with Joseph where God meant it for good, that means it was on purpose. God led Joseph through that on purpose. Why? There was an opportunity in there. Here's the problem. We don't, we don't do very good at approving ourselves as the ministers of God because we don't stay in very long. We don't stay in very long. We're like, you know what? I'm, having, I'm tired of this, and we just missed an opportunity. Why? Because there's an opportunity in endurance, okay? How often do we see commercials? They're talking about, I'm not even gonna put this up for a vote tonight because it'll, it'll, it'll create World War III, but you have Chevys and Fords. And I forget which one it is, and please forgive me and don't hold it against me tonight, uh, but one of their commercials says, longest lasting truck on the road. All right, just pretend it's yours, all right? 
You're all beautiful. We'll put it that way. No fights tonight. Why are they saying that? Why are they saying that? Well, because people want something that lasts. People want something that's going to have some endurance about it. Can I tell you, people do the same thing when they're looking for what to believe in. Your witness needs to last through something. But it means you've got to go in something from time to time. So he reminds them of the opportunity. There's opportunity in endurance. But then watch this. The language changes. Verse 4, verse 5 uses in. But then verse 6, 7, and 8 use the word by. I don't believe that's a mistake. What does it mean when it says by pureness of knowledge? Here's what he's saying. In Matthew 7, the Bible says, by their fruit, she shall know them. All right? So that means when you have fruit, there's evidence there. There's evidence. So now we go from endurance, the opportunity that's endurance. Now we see the opportunity that's in the evidence. You see, I only give you two points, but I didn't tell you I had sub points. Okay? There's opportunity in evidence. So he says, hey, there's opportunity in endurance in verse 4, 5. But then there's opportunities in evidence in 6, 7, and 8. What are the evidence? Well, Evidence that you're a minister of God is by pureness. That's evidence. People see the pureness in your life. That's evidence, all right? In my backyard, we have a, uh, a brush pile that we burn. And um, I think we got, I haven't burned it in a while. There's a couple of years Christmas trees back there uh, in, in the yard. And uh, I recently noticed on one of the Christmas trees that are back there that there's this vine crawling over it. And uh, I'm a country boy. I know what squash vines look like. And it, it looks like a squash vine, which has got me excited, you know, that there's going to be some free food out there in the backyard. And it climbed up over the Christmas tree. And then all of a sudden, the blossoms, boom, they popped up. Yes, it is definitely some type of a squash plant. But now my wife, who's usually right, says it's probably the pumpkin that we threw out there from fall festival. And we threw the pumpkin out, the seeds planted. So now I'm disappointed because I don't eat pumpkins like I eat squash. You know, fried pumpkin is nothing compared to fried squash. But I have hope that she's wrong. And you're laughing again because you know she's not. She's usually not. I have hope that that squash looking vine is going to be a squash vine and not a pumpkin. But I'm waiting on the fruit. I'm waiting on the fruit. You see, fruit is a great opportunity to approve yourselves as the ministers of God. Paul's reminding them of their ministry, and then Paul's reminding them of opportunity. He says, hey, you want an opportunity to minister? Hey, in pureness, look at verse 6. By knowledge, by long-suffering. These are fruits. By kindness. You can, hey, you can prove the ministers of God by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love, unfeigned, and on and on and on and on. Can I ask you this real quickly, and we're going to close. What does the fruit in your life create an opportunity for? Does the fruit in your life approve you as the minister of God? Or does the fruit in your life give offense that the ministry is blamed? You see, that fruit, that evidence, is an opportunity to approve ourselves as the ministers of God. The last thing he says here. You notice in verse 4 and 5, he uses in. All right, so I have an opportunity in some situations. But then I have an opportunity by the evidence that's in my life, by all of these things. And then we close out. He says in verse 9, 
as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful. Interesting, he went from in to by to as. All right? In, that's an endurance thing. In these things, you got to endure it. There's an opportunity in endurance. By, there's evidence. By these things, there's evidence, there's opportunity. But then he goes to as, and I uh, talked to Brother Michael this afternoon to make sure I had my grammar correct on this. As is basically an example. Something is as something else is. That's an example of something. He says, you can prove yourselves as the ministers of God, and there's great opportunity in your example, as unknown yet well-known, as dying, and behold, we all live. Philippians 2.15, let me help you focus it in just a little bit before we close. The Bible says that you may be blameless, harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke. Interesting. Same thing as saying, giving no offense. Without rebuke. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine, watch this, as lights. As lights. There's an opportunity in the example of our life that we shine as lights. I'll give you another one. Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. Behold, he says, I send you forth as sheep. He's giving us the example Folks, there's opportunity in the example that we have to prove that we are what we say we are. There's opportunity in endurance, there's opportunity in evidence, and there's opportunity in our example. And folks, can I tell you, if there is ever a time, if you were waiting for the right time to be reminded that we are in ministry, that ministry is about people, be reminded that we have an opportunity to show them we are who we say we are, it's now. It's now. Our world needs to see it now. Our world needs to know it now. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, Paul gives us a brief but very clear detailed list on the ministry and the opportunity that God has placed before us. So as we go into the second part of this year, as we go into the second part of this year, let us not forget the ministry of people. That's why we're here. For God so loved the world and so should we. For God so loved the world that he gave, and so should we. Why? Because we are here to minister to the people. And oh, what an opportunity we have. Let's endure something, okay? Let's go through some things. And as Job did, let's maintain our ways before the Lord. Let's endure some things. Why? There's opportunity in endurance. People see you keep going. They want what you have. And then there's opportunity in evidence. By the fruit. What kind of fruit in your, what does your fruit say? What does it say, young person? What does the fruit in your life say you are? Is your fruit approving that you're a minister of God or is that fruit giving offense that the ministry is being blamed? And then finally, that example. Let's live as lights. Let's live as lights because, folks, if there was ever a time to be about the will of God, we need to do it now. We need to do it now. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed.